Kia I'm Damien Venuto, it's September 28th and this is The Front Page, a daily podcast presented by the New Zealand Herald. It's been a year since retail giant Costco first opened its doors in West Auckland. From day one, shoppers quickly streamed in to buy plus-size versions of everything. And that hype has not died down 12 months later. The arrival of Costco came with a promise of greater competition and more diverse shopping options. But has the firm actually delivered on those promises? And will the success of Costco serve as an invitation for more international retailers to come here? Today, on the front page, marketing expert Ben Goodale gives his verdict on the impact of Costco in Aotearoa. Ben, you were one of the first people to head out to West Auckland's Costco when it opened. What were your initial impressions of the store and how did it compare to the many other stores that you visited in your career? Well, first impressions, it was heaving. It was like January sales kind of thing with an enormous amount of people just trying to get in, people queuing for the car parts. It was hot inside despite the air conditioning just because there were so many people. And yeah, there was a real buzz. So how does that compare? I mean, you don't go on a lot of opening days. I was fortunate enough to go to the opening day of the first IKEA in the UK, and I remember being one of the people queuing up. And that seemed low-key, to be honest, compared to the Costco opening. Very frenetic. We're a year on from that initial opening. So what sort of success do you think the business has had in Aotearoa? And more importantly, are you now a regular customer? Uh, I'm not a regular customer. I've still struggled with what it serves me for. Uh, Maybe that's just because of my family shape and size and we don't want giant packs of everything. But I think it certainly is serving a need. I was out there a few weeks ago really for a bit of a a pickup visit to see what had changed. Largely not a lot had changed. Obviously, you know, some of their premium ranging changed. The giant teddy bears had gone. I think there was a a trail bike was on display and, and so on. The coffins are gone. But it was, again, very, very busy. And I'm, I'm a bit of a sucker for the dollar hot dog and a Coke, which is a real marquee thing that Costco offer. And I had to wait about 20, 25 minutes because it was just so busy. So gives you an idea, you know, there we go, just another weekend in Auckland and Costco was heaving. And interestingly, looking around the, the Northwestern Mall area, Costco was heaving. I wouldn't necessarily say the other retailers around were. Business is booming. Um, the reception by the Kiwis here in New Zealand has been tremendous. Our tyre shop's been doing super well compared to the Australian locations. Yes, we haven't sold any coffins yet, which is probably lucky for New Zealanders. Yeah, we're still going to continue to sell them here, and um, you know, obviously, one day we'll sell a coffin. You wrote a great article for the Herald after your initial visit. What are some of the product benefits that you saw that Costco introduced? Well, I think the big thing with Costco has always been pack size. They work with manufacturers to have often unique bundle packs, volume packs, usually on a per element thing, they're good value. Although I think some of the analysis that came out after they opened was not always necessarily any better than you'd find, say, at Pack and Save. But their bundling and the sense of value in big packaging, obviously, 
works really well for people that are looking for value. And at the moment, we, you know, in a cost of living crisis with mortgage rates where they are, petrol prices, you know, that sense of value is great. So hence, you can see why they're doing well. I mean, this does come at a time when many New Zealanders are tremendously angry at the supermarket duopoly, largely due to the high cost of food in this country. Do you think Costco could have any longer term impacts on shaking up that duopoly a little bit, or is the store just too limited at the moment? I'm not sure if I'd agree that the New Zealand public's angry with the supermarkets. I think it's the government are and have sort of almost pilloried the supermarkets around that, but it's more expensive to produce and import food into a small country like New Zealand. But nevertheless, Costco, there really is only one store. And so I think it's hard for them to really have a significant impact on the cost of food. And again, because they're not really trading in the same space, you know, as I say, they're on large volume formats and so on. And it's not always easy to compare price for price. You know, do you want a giant pack of bread rolls or whatever? It's not quite the same format. So, Ben, Costco also has a subscription model. Could you maybe explain how that works and how common that is to see in the retail space? Well, it's pretty unusual. I mean, it comes out of a wholesale-type format, cash-and-carry type formats that you tend to see overseas. We have Gilmore's here, of course, although you don't need to have membership to go to Gilmore's. You just have to be a registered business. But Costco's model of charging a fee, and it's clever because obviously, you know, it's just cash for them. It certainly doesn't seem to have been a big barrier to um, getting people to go in. I mean, arguably, there's a psychographic around if you charge people value just to get in the door, they're going to want to make the most of their membership and therefore may come more often because they go, well, we paid 50 bucks for this. We're going to damn well use it kind of thing. Despite the popularity of Costco, we've also seen some cancel their subscriptions to the company. What do you make of this? Do you think a bit of churn is natural when it comes to a newcomer in the industry? Well, inevitably, some people will have bought membership and not really used it. They'll have gone once, maybe twice, worked out whether it's really for them. But I I doubt Costco would be terribly worried. I mean, let's face it, this is a model that works globally in multiple different markets. I mean, they know how to roll it. There'll be some people that will cancel, but then there'll, there'll be lots of people who probably still haven't got around to going to Costco will go and discover it. Yeah, a lot of that churn seems to come down to people realizing that Costco isn't maybe for them. So given that you've spent a lot of your career thinking about products and target markets, who exactly is Costco for? I mean, I think, and I think I wrote about this when I, when I went on opening day. I mean, it's certainly for families. And there is an aspect where it can be for businesses and for things like clubs and stuff who need to stock up on things. But what I've seen going out there, and uh, certainly when I visited most recently, I just saw an awful lot of families just loading up those big baskets with products, and very diverse from an ethnic point of view, which was really interesting. It was it was very multicultural New Zealand, which was which was great to see because they're serving very different audiences with probably different food preferences and that sort of thing. If you're enjoying this episode of The Front Page, brought to you by the New Zealand Herald, make sure you follow us wherever you get your podcasts. One concern with a big US brand coming here is how it could impact locally run shops. So has Costco taken away business from other stores in West Auckland? Do you think that some of those concerns are fair? If I had a retailer near them, I'd be delighted because fundamentally they're a magnet to the Northwestern shopping mall. And I think the challenge to retailers around there is just to get people to, on the way in or on the way out, to come to them as well on their visits. And that's a marketing challenge 
which I've no idea how many have taken on, but the sheer volume of people who are going there as a destination is an opportunity. I'm not aware of it necessarily impacting adversely other retailers in, in that part of West Auckland. You know, fundamentally, you'll bring a lot of people out into the area. Yeah, and the other thing is that Costco doesn't offer any online shopping, so it's foot traffic, and that's the space that retailers have really been struggling with lately. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a gift, really. Like I say, if I had a store trading in that Northwest shopping mall or in Lincoln Road or whatever, I'd be going brilliant. You know, why not just stick a big mobile billboard outside Costco saying, come to us? Are there also some benefits here in the shape of Kiwi brands who might get some shelf space at Costco? Yeah, well, certainly it is an opportunity for Kiwi manufacturers to be listed if they meet Costco's format needs or wants. I mean, a lot of the brands that they have brought in are, are overseas brands, but it's not to say that there are opportunities for um, local manufacturers to get in there. And as you said before, Costco can be quite brutal cutting certain products of teddy bears and coffins on selling. They're removed from the shelves and replaced with something else really quickly. Yeah, oh, no, I think the teddy bears weren't gangbusters. I think coffins less so. I think <laughs> I think um, I did read some analysis saying that, you know, fundamentally people don't plan ahead for needing a coffin. So it's a slightly unusual purchase, but it must have worked for them in other markets. But yeah, the teddy bears, certainly when I was out there day one, there were a few rolling around in the, in the trolleys. I, I can't say I needed one, but it was tempting because they were just, they were very lovable. Ben, now that Costco has settled in, what other big international brands do you think will be making waves in the local market? Well, look, we've actually been very lucky the last few years. We have had quite a few major retailers from overseas come in, you know, like Sephora, Zara. We've got IKEA. I was just reading actually. IKEA are positing to be ready to go at Sylvia Park at the end of 2025, and that's probably going to be the next big thing after Costco. I mean, I think one of the challenges is although we've got brands like Sephora and Zara, they haven't really got the market depth here to necessarily range as well as you might get if you were to go shopping in Sydney or the states or Europe. But nevertheless, it's great they're here. Uh, it was interesting. I was talking to my team about this this morning, and you know, because I was thinking, who who don't we have that would be interesting? I mean, you've got a fast fashion brand like Primark that goes very well overseas, but you know, fast fashion's becoming an environmental question mark. So we probably wouldn't want them here. But you know, we don't have brands like Victoria's Secret, which is um, you know a big global brand, or Brandy Melville. You know, I think you know it's interesting how Chemist Warehouse has gone very well here. Often wondered if a brand like Boots might want to come into this market because they have quite a quite an elevated offering in that whole chemist come general retailer format thing. When IKEA opens in 2025, do you think you'll visit on opening day? Uh, maybe it might depend what I'm doing. I'll certainly be there on opening day or shortly after. I'm sure it will be very very popular and successful. This is the very spot hundreds, maybe even thousands of shoppers will flock to every day. That's because it's the site of New Zealand's first ever IKEA. But don't get too excited just yet, with doors only set to open in 2025. In fact, it's taken four years to even get to this point after the company first announced its intentions back in 2019. I mean, this is quite an exciting time in retail in New Zealand. So what do you think it is about this moment that offers the sudden appeal for all these international brands that have long ignored New Zealand to be coming here? Well, I mean, it's a bit like the IKEA story in a way. I think for years they were looking for both 
warehouses growth globally and they've opened up in probably more lucrative markets because a bit like the discussion around you know supermarket pricing and it's it's hard in New Zealand because of our scale you know we are only just over five million people I mean I think fundamentally a lot of brands are coming here now because they've run out of other places to open up in afresh we're not usually first choice for where to go because of our market size you know, there's, there's only so much a brand like Ikea or Sephora or whatever are going to make in a market like New Zealand, and yet you still have to have local management to most of overheads and things. So we're actually quite lucky with the brands that have come, and clearly they've gone, it's important to be in this market, maybe for global spread and some incremental gains. On the one hand, you have the likes of Costco thriving here and doing incredibly well. On the other hand, you have Nike that's kind of pulling down and scaling back on what it's offering. So what message is that sending to international retailers? Is that suggesting that New Zealand is a good place for them to expand, but only if they're a very specific brand? Yeah, I mean, definitely overseas brands have had mixed success over here. And I think often it's to do with how it's set up. I mean, I just think back over the last few years, we've lost international brands like Topshop, uh, like Laura Ashley, like Mothercare. There was an attempt to sort of bring in Habitat. And I think, again, the scale thing, the cost of shipping from overseas has usually been a really big challenge for these brands. So in a way, the cost of landing product is the biggest challenge for a lot of these brands. And if they can't do it cost effectively and still return a margin, then we remain a tricky market to succeed in. Ben, despite New Zealand being this tricky market, are you optimistic that we will see greater diversity in our shopping options in the coming years? Oh, good question. I mean, what we haven't talked about, Damien, is online, because that cannibalises bricks and mortar shopping. So some brands may up their online offering into this market without necessarily having to have the cost of setting up physical stores and having to directly import products. So I think it's probably going to carry on being a bit of a mixed bag. We get some that go, it's important to have a flag on the map, and then others go, it's just not, we don't have the scale. Thanks for joining us, Ben. That's it for this episode of The Front Page. You can read more about today's stories and extensive news coverage at nzherald.co.nz. The Front Page is produced by Sean D. Wilson and edited by Paddy Fox with executive producer Ethan Sills. I'm Damien Venuto. Subscribe to The Front Page on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. And tune in tomorrow for another look behind the headlines.